Welcome to Victory Today. I am so pleased that you're with us. If you are new to this podcast, we are discovering right now what it means to be spiritual people who live in a physical world. And that is a really, really important subject if we want to walk in victory, because even though we're saved and on our way to heaven one day, the reality is, friend, we still got to get up each morning and go to work and deal with all kinds of natural challenges and frustrations. Am I right? I mean, even though the Bible says in Christ we are brand new creatures, we still got to deal with sickness and disease. We still got to deal with the temptation that comes to want to quit. We still have to keep our emotions in check when we receive a negative report or someone cuts us off on the freeway, right? We, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but we still face temptations and stresses and impure thoughts, don't we? Sure we do. Even as new creatures in Christ, we still face the challenges of getting older and our bodies not quite working as well as they used to and things wearing out and breaking down and playing up. Or is that just something that I have to deal with? No, no, that happens to all of us. Amen? Doesn't matter how spiritual you are, friend, or how much word you can quote, the truth is your body is going to age. Things are going to come against you in this life, and you simply can't avoid that. Even if you're a faith person, even if you're led by the Spirit, even if you're walking in victory. And why is that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, because unless we have a proper understanding of the relationship between our bodies, our minds, and our spirit, we're going to struggle to know how to respond to the physical, mental, and emotional challenges that come our way. And sadly, a lot of believers do struggle in this area, and they allow circumstances and situations to pile up and put so much pressure on them that it causes many people today to quit, to bow out before their time, to give up on their God-given assignment and waste their days, the Bible says, in futility and fear. And that is such a tragedy, especially when there's so much that God has called us to do in this season. It's a tragedy that anyone could miss their calling, waste their lives on frivolous things and bow out before their time. But you know that when people face pressure, especially over a sustained period of time, and they don't have good people around them, or or maybe they're just not in the word regularly, they don't know how to triumph over the enemy's attacks. What happens after a while as the pressure begins to mount is they get to this place where consciously or unconsciously, they simply give up. And I have discovered in this season so many good people who've just done exactly that. They had a call on their lives. They had a God-ordained assignment, but they got busy with their career. They, they got distracted. They, they chased after things that promised happiness but never delivered. Or they faced so much sustained opposition and they didn't know how to deal with it that they abandoned their call, they stopped pursuing God's best for their lives, and now they're going through the motions of life. They're, They're caught up in the pursuit of temporal things. In many cases, they are bitter, they're discouraged, they're often not in church, not in fellowship with other believers, not in the Word of God. And listen, the devil loves that. He loves that. See, if he cannot keep you from becoming a Christian 
The next best thing is to derail you from your calling, to sideline you from completing your assignment, to get you all caught up in other things, to get you so distracted, friend, that you never do what God created you to do. You never impact the people he's gifted you to reach. Well, as we saw last time, the Apostle Paul never fell for any of that. Amen. He didn't bow out early. He didn't get distracted. If you know anything about Paul's life and his ministry, you would know he faced the most intense opposition going around, right? He was run out of town for preaching the word. He was beaten. He was left for dead. He was stoned, abused, threatened, thrown in jail, shipwrecked multiple times. He was constantly attacked the Bible said, by an evil spirit that was specifically assigned to annoy him, to cause upsets and trouble wherever the guy went. So if you think today that you're facing a few challenges as a Christian, man, I want to encourage you. You want to read a little bit of the life of Paul and you will realize that you have got it good, friend, in spite of all of that opposition. You know how Paul referred to it? He called it nothing but light afflictions. Isn't that amazing? He was so passionate. He was so committed to the call of God on his life and doing all that he could to be faithful to the assignment that God had given him that he was like, ah, all of that stuff. It's nothing but a light affliction. It's nothing. I didn't even think about it. And friend, that is why he was able to say at the end of his life, in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. And he said that right before he died and left his body. And we know that because just before he said in verses 5 and 6, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. Notice that. He said fully carry it out, not partially, not until it gets tough, not until you get some pushback, but fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. As for me, Paul says, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. Or in other words, I'm not going to be around for very much longer. I'm going to be out of here pretty soon. But what a great thing to be able to say at the end of your time on earth, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I have kept the faith. The Woos translation of 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, this is the closest to the original Greek that we have. And he says it like this. He says, I, like a wrestler, have fought to the finish. And at present, am resting in its victory. My race, I like a runner, have finished. And at present, am resting at the goal. The faith committed to my care, I like a soldier, have kept safely through everlasting vigilance and have delivered it again to my captain. Henceforth, there is reserved for me, he says, the victor's laurel wreath of righteousness, which the Lord will award me on that day. The just umpire, the umpire who is always fair and never makes a mistake. And not only to me, but also to all of those who have loved his appearing and as a result have their love fixed on it. 
And we said last time that it is so important, friend, if you want to walk in victory, be effective for the kingdom of God, that you make a commitment before God that no matter what comes, you are going to run your race all the way to the end. You're going to fight the good fight regardless of what opposition comes against you and you're going to keep the faith until the end. And it's important that you make that commitment. I want to encourage you to make it now because when the trouble comes, when the testing comes, when the opposition comes, you don't want to be making it then. That's the easiest time to quit, right? So make that commitment now. Before things come your way, get that settled. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not giving up. I'm going to stay the course, do what he's called me to do and finish my race before the pressure comes and the temptation from the evil one comes to throw in the towel, friend. You want to get this settled. And if you're feeling that pressure right now, you need to know that that pressure is not coming from God. Okay. It's not something that he wants for your life. He did not bring you this far to see you fail. He didn't call you to something for it to be cut short. No, he called you, friend, to finish. He called you to be faithful, be fruitful, and finish your race. Amen? But you know, the truth is, even in Christian circles, a lot of people just can't say that, right? A lot of people could not echo those words of Paul. Why? Well, because for whatever reason, They left early. They quit. They had every good intention of doing what God had called them to do, but they never got around to it. Maybe they got distracted. Instead, they squandered. They wasted their years. And now their short life is over. They thought that they'd have more time. But before they knew it, life was over. That's what Ephesians 5 and verse 15 tells us. It says we are to redeem the time. Listen to it in the New Living Translation. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. But I want you to listen to a few verses from 2 Corinthians 5 now, because here Paul is going to explain this relationship between our bodies and our spirit. This is one of these passages that we need to take a little bit of time with because the language he uses here is a little bit unfamiliar. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it to you and then we're going to take our time and we're going to go through it bit by bit. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1. Paul says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, that we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened. Not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality might be swallowed up by life. 
Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes. We are well pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Okay. So what is all that about? What is Paul trying to get across here? He's talking about tents and habitations and buildings made by God. What has any of that got to do with you and I walking in victory? Well, actually quite a bit, as we're about to see. I want you to notice that Paul begins this by saying, For we know. And I love that because he's emphatic about it. He is totally convinced about what he's going to tell you next. It's not a theory. It's not an idea. He's not saying, well, you know, we kind of hope and this will be the case. We hope this will be true. We think it might be, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. This is kind of what I reckon, but you know, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. No, no, no. The scripture says we know this. We can be sure of this. We can have confidence in this. Listen to it. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. What's he talking about? He's talking, friend, about your body. Notice that he calls our bodies earthly houses. Isn't that interesting? Paul says your body is your earthly house. It is your tent. Now, I've mentioned this a few times before, but it's worth repeating. You, friend, are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. That's why Paul here says that your body is the tent or the house that you live in. But why is he even saying that in the first place? What's he trying to get across? Friend, he's wanting you to understand that there is a very, very important distinction between your body and you. Okay? See, the truth is, you are not your body. Contrary to what the world would have you believe, you are not your body. You are a spirit. So what's your body then? Where does that come into play? Well, your body, according to the word of God, is the house that you live in. Your body is your earthly house. Let's think about that for just a moment. Right now, you're listening to me through a couple of holes in the side of your head that we call ears, right? And unless you've got your eyes closed, light is right now, while you're listening to me, light is coming in through your eyes, while at the same time, you're looking out through those two windows that we call eyes at the world around about you, right? But here's the thing. You are not your eyes, And you are not your ears. No, you look out through your eyes and you listen through your ears. But the real you is not a bunch of tissue and cells. The real you, according to the word of God, is spirit. And for now, your spirit resides inside of your body. 
Now, that does not mean that your body isn't valuable. Okay, just because you are a spirit who lives in a body doesn't mean that you shouldn't value your body. No, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. Philippians 1 verse 19 says, With all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or death. For me to live is Christ, Paul says, and to die is gain. He says, I'm going to make sure that Christ is magnified, made large in my body. That's the way that we're supposed to live. We're supposed to magnify Jesus each day in our physical bodies. Or in other words, when people see me, they ought to see him. When they see the way that I love, when they see the way that I care, when they hear the words that come out of my mouth, they ought to know that I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Same for you. So the body, as we're going to see, is actually very, very important. It's an instrument. It's a tool that we are supposed to use for our time here on earth. And so it's very important that we care for our bodies, that we honor God with our bodies, that we value them, that we look after them. We make sure they're in good working order. But we also realize that as incredible as our bodies are, listen to me now, we are not our bodies. Okay? I really want you to get that today. We are not what we look like or how tall we are or what race we are or whether we've got brown hair or black hair or no hair. No, no, we are not our bodies. Our bodies, according to the word of God, are tents that contain us. Our bodies are earthly houses And we get to live in them for a few brief decades down here. And that ought to encourage you today, friend, because if something's not working right in your body right now, or you're feeling the effects of your age or the overuse of certain parts of your body, the good news is that it won't be long and God's going to give you an upgrade. Amen. It won't be long and he promises to fix everything that's been troubling you. He's going to fix everything that's not working as it should and you're going to get to enjoy a brand new body that will never wear out. Praise God for that. I'll talk about our new bodies another time, but that does not negate the fact that you and I can receive healing for things while we're living in this earthly house. Okay, I'm not saying that we just put up with stuff and, you know, just accept it all as, oh, well, that's just this earthly body. Hey, listen, Jesus paid with his life so that we could experience healing and blessing and forgiveness and a whole lot of other good things. We'll talk more about healing in the days to come. But for today, let's just thank God for the fact that there is breath in our lungs. Amen. That there's a call on our lives to be a blessing to others and that no matter what's coming against us, we have the victory because Jesus is Lord. Amen. So next time, I want to show you why it is that these earthly houses get sick in the first place. Why do they break down? What what can we do about it? Is there anything we can do about it? I'm going to show you what we can do about it and what God's done about it. So make sure if you haven't, get subscribed because you don't want to miss that. And 
Take a look at newboldministries.com. Over there, you'll find all kinds of faith-building resources. I want to encourage you, please share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star review. When you do that, you leave a review or just give it five stars. What that does is it helps more people to find us. It bumps this Victory Today podcast up the ranking. And so more people find it when they're searching for help in their Christian walk. And that will help them to start walking in victory. It's just a really small thing, but it's a good thing. So I trust that encourages you. Have a fantastic day, and I'll talk to you again really soon.